Welcome to Kill Chain, a platform cybersecurity podcast presented by Fleet Defender. I'm Marcus Q, and I'm here with Terry Reiner. Hello, everybody. And today we're going to be talking about construction equipment and the cybersecurity surrounding heavy machinery and construction equipment, uh, you know, as we move into this modern age. Well, thank you for joining us today for this episode of Kill Chain. To get started, we've got a few Fleet Defender announcements. Uh, so next week, we're going to be putting out a webinar all about Fleet Defender and protecting vehicles and you know platforms of all types uh, from cyber attacks. So be on the lookout for that. That'll be at fleetdefender.com. So give that a look and uh, keep on the lookout. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, the cyber warfare is like have been evolving a lot over, you know, the last couple decades. And, you know, even 20 years ago, just, you know, if you wanted a new car, you just needed a, you know, a slim gym and a dysfunctional sense of adventure and just go up and you know, pair of wire cutters, you know, short the ignition and, and off you go. And, but, you know, that's changed a lot now. And really, you know, there's a, even a couple of recent hacks where people were stealing cars with basically just a laptop. So it's really interesting. And the, the topic's fascinating, just how cyber warfare has evolved in the space. It's really amazing. And the tools to do these things, I, I mean, in a previous episode, I believe last week's episode even, uh, we discussed, you know, the hack through the headlight to steal a car and how the tools to do that, to do like a can injection hack on a vehicle are getting cheaper. You know, it's that that's really a barrier to entry to cyber criminals is the cost of, you know, conducting some of these hacks. And we'll get into that a little bit today with construction equipment. But that cost is going down, which means those attacks are increasing. Yeah, exactly. You can use commodity hardware. I mean, heck, a lot of it you can even homebrew. You can even make it yourself in your garage. Like it's the barrier to entry is 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 rapidly falling. Yeah. So really, as we talk about the topic today of you know construction machines, keeping construction machines safe from hackers and from you know hackers tends to get a bad rap of the term. We actually think it can be a good term. So uh, we're going to go ahead and say threat actors, <laughs> you know, bad actors, or criminals, actors, you or know, criminals, criminals bad yeah. guys, you know, criminals adversaries. So really what we're going to talk about today is some research coming out of, you know, Europe, the US and the UK, uh, where cybersecurity researchers are actually warning uh, about machines such as cranes, excavators, bulldozers, uh, which are all vulnerable to attacks by cyber gangs, terrorists and even rogue governments. Yeah, it's 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 just like everything else it's evolving and you know it's actually kind of funny I was just giving a um, a keynote speech with the Society of American Military Engineers uh, a couple weeks ago and uh you know through the conversation I started talking about like logistics and supply chains I started talking about agriculture and right about the time when I think everybody in the room thought they were off the hook I hit them with construction and mining vehicles and they're like oh yeah that's us yeah we're we're vulnerable too well, it's incredible because technology in you know vehicles is obvious. You you can see it. You see a Tesla on the road, and you can see the technological advances that are have gone into that thing. Uh, but people forget that construction machinery is becoming incredibly advanced. I mean, it's becoming smarter. It's almost an IoT device now with all the sensors, control units, everything. You know, it's no longer a manual machine. It really is a yeah. computer. Here's the crazy thing. Like we're talking with some mining companies and there are mines in various parts of the United States. And I mean, a lot in Australia that everything from the, the diggers to the loaders to the, you know, you know, those dump trucks that are so big that like, even as like a six foot one person, like I can't even jump up and touch the top of the tire itself. 
fully autonomous. Like, I mean, they're literally digging the earth, loading it onto dump trucks, and then they drive not just like a mile down the road, but like 45, 50 miles of the processing center, completely autonomous. And that's today. Completely autonomous. That's happening now. Yeah. That's happening now. Like that, that's actually been happening for a while. So like, it's not just like, oh, it's 2023 and they, we've, we finally figured this out. I mean, for the last few years, they've had this figured out. That's really incredible. I, you really don't hear about it as much as we probably should, you know? Uh, I mean, it's an important step in autonomy too, is autonomous machines. Right. And, and, you know, and it's a really interesting, you know, um, field too, just like agriculture, right? Like there is no food on the table. If there's not something growing in the ground that gets harvested by a farmer, right? Like it's just that, that that's just the way it is. Well, I mean, now we've got some lab grown meat, but we're not going to count that. Right. <laughs> um, but <laughs> all of our devices, like if you own a Tesla, guess what? Someone's dug a precious metal out of the ground at some point, you know, like everything that we have comes from earth. I mean, that's all we got. Right. So, uh, it, it's crazy to think, you know, a lot of people don't think, you know, that all their products and all their little things, and that was either grown in the dirt somewhere or pulled out of the dirt somewhere, but that's, that is where it all starts. Yeah. I mean, we think about, you know, the scarcity of oil and how important oil is to the economy. It's going to be cobalt here pretty soon when it's all, everything's battery powered. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, you know, you just, yeah, it, it, it really is, is crazy when you really think about the end to end. I mean, and it only takes one little blip, one bump in that entire chain, you know, that's going to disrupt everything. Like if we can't get it out of the ground, if we can't process it at a smart facility with all these industrial control systems, if we don't have trucks that can move goods and supplies between places, like it's, it's the, it is a very, very fragile system and it can break it one of many, many different points. And so that's why, like, we really need to be thinking about like every little stage of that from, you know, like, you know, we're talking, we've talked a lot about logistics, you know, and, and even talking about agriculture and now, you know, construction and mining, it's in a very important part. Yeah. And I think to add to this of construction and mining is, is, you know, heavy equipment at ports, right? Because ports are such an enormous piece of our U.S. commerce uh, and how we get goods in and out. And and those cranes at ports, I mean, uh, I want to read a quote here from Jan Wendenberg, the chief executive officer of a German IT cybersecurity company called OneKey. Uh, her quote was, the only reason that there have been no serious hacks on cranes or other industrial equipment so far is not because it is difficult, but because there are so many other computers out there that can be hacked more easily. And that is terrifying, right? Is the only it, thing holding it back is just there's other opportunities right now. Right. I mean, if you get it out of the ground, you process it, you form it into something, and then you ship it overseas, it doesn't matter if you were able to do all those things. If you can't get it off the boat, then no, there's no truck going to take it anywhere. It's just going to sit on the boat. Yeah, you're done. Like economies grind to a halt. Yeah. And they're highly vulnerable systems. And, and I mean, even talking about, you know, heavy equipment, machinery, you know, we've talked about trucks and how they're similar to cars where cars use can and trucks also use can and a version of that called J1939. Uh, heavy equipment similar, right? I mean, it still uses can. Well, heavy equipment is like the J1939 standard was built for specific heavy vehicles, heavy duty vehicles. And so like everything from your bulldozers and and uh, semi trucks and large buses and things like that, like that is what J1939 was really designed to be. And it is it, it's it's a higher layer on the app on the network stack than uh, like can. So like can is like your lower level, like physical and data link layer kind of a thing. 
and session layer, but then like, you know, J1939 sits higher. So it actually runs on CAN. So, I mean, they're not the same thing, but you can't have one without the other. Sure. And as we talk about CAN being controller area network, this is the, you know, really way that vehicles communicate between different nodes or between ECUs or electronic control units. It's the computers within the machinery. I'm going to simplify it a lot, but the, the computers within the machinery talking to each other. And this is how they talk to each other. Right. Yeah. We call them embedded system of systems. And basically what that means is you've got like all these systems, computers, right? Like every ECU has a processor. It's got memory. It's got digital IO. It's got all, you know, input output. Um, but like it only can like one of them only controls the door, <laughs> you know, like the door locks. So then there's like all these other computers, like, you know, and even modern vehicles, they have over a hundred ECUs in them and they all talk with, to each other in order to accomplish what it needs to accomplish. And that is like, make a car, do what a car is supposed to do. And uh, they all communicate mostly now over controller area network or can, you know, it's regulated across like pretty much every country in the world that vehicles, at least the diagnostics has to be on can, but because it's actually a really decent protocol, not from a security standpoint, but from like, um, it's really good in rugged environments. It's, it holds up really well to like noise and things like that. So um, they use it in all of these like adverse areas, like cars uh, that's in ships. So they call it like NMEA 2000, NMEA 2000. Like that's kind of like the J1939 of ships, right? Like it, it sits on top of can. And uh, and so like it, that's there. So it works really well there. Even spacecraft have adopted it. Uh, on different um, different spacecraft and different buses. So yeah, it's it's kind of everywhere. And that includes those large gantry trains at ports. Yeah. And I mean, a threat to cranes, just as, as we're reading about this, you know, coming into this podcast, like the really terrifying thing about cranes is you think about just ports, right? And obviously you ransomware an entire port's worth of cranes. You're going to get that ransom paid because the amount of money in the commerce that you're stopping is extreme. Uh, but beyond that, what I was reading is, you know, even taking over a construction crane within a city, like the damage that you could cause with that is enormous. You know, I mean, that's a real threat to national security. It is. I mean, you can't build buildings without cranes. You can't build bridges without cranes. You can't build a lot of things without cranes. You see cranes pretty much everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, they're, 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 yeah, absolutely. So a lot of this comes back to what we've talked about before, which is the convergence of IT and OT systems. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that, Terry? Yeah. So, you know, IT, information technology, uh, on the flip side, you have operational technology, OT. And so IT is like your business enterprise networks. You know, it's like the computers, the laptops, even your phones kind of fit into IT, you know, but then OT is more of your... Um, again, operational technologies, that's the kind of equipment that you'll find in like um, SCADA networks, power grids, things like that, like factory floors that are running all the machinery on a factory floor. You know, there's a very big difference between those types of technologies and just how they went. That's why, like, you can't always just take your, you know, firewall or intrusion detection system off of your, you know, Linux server that's in your business enterprise network and deployed on your factory floor. Like it's the technology is very different. And when you do try to mix the two, you get all kinds of problems. Like we did some consultation for a hospital many years ago that um, they added all of the OT systems that controlled an operating room onto the IT network. So that way the IT group could manage it 
Well, the only problem is, is because there's a difference in the technologies, there was this tool that the IT group was using to like scan through all the IPs and check them to see if there was any updates required. Every time they would get to the IP address of some of the OT equipment, it would make them reboot. And so they literally were having lights like go off in the middle of surgeries in oh emergency rooms, like in, in, sorry, in operating rooms. Yeah. Like it was that bad. And so like, they couldn't figure out why. And so when we went in, we started looking at it, we started like timing everything and finding like when these automated tools were running and scanning through the IP ranges, the OT equipment wasn't, uh, wasn't programmed to handle the type of traffic and ping that was occurring from the IT side and it would just reboot. So as soon as we like VLAN that off and like separated that piece out and didn't, you know, scan through that IP range, everything worked just great. And wow. so like you, it, it's, it's really interesting because OT was never built for IT networks. And like when, and, and the other thing too, is like you refresh your computer every couple of years, right? Like everybody does, sure. like, you know, your laptop starts running slow, new technology comes out, whatever, like you, you update it and you refresh it. Um, when you put a SCADA system in, you usually leave it there for 20 years. And can you tell us like, what a SCADA system change is? Uh, yeah, it stands for like supervisory control and data analysis. It's, it's basically another industrial control system. It's gotcha. OT, right? So like what's running the water treatment plant down the street, that would be a SCADA system. Gotcha. Um, like what's like in a chemical factory mixing chemicals to make a plastic, like that's a SCADA system, right? Mm. Like it knows it, it has to like put, it has to inject like this much of this chemical, this much of this chemical and these specific orders and all that stuff to, in order to create the plastic, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of, it's an OT thing. It's SCADA, you know? Um, yeah. And so like, yeah, you know, your, these systems have been in place for so long, but then you want to have a green building. You want to monitor it for efficiency. You want to make sure this and that, like you want to make sure software is updated, which by the way, usually never happens in an OT network, at least not traditionally. And so like you, you, there's a lot of reasons that you would want to be able to monitor it remotely and you'd want to put it on the IT network, but there are some significant drawbacks to it as well. Sure. And so would you classify some, you know, as we're talking about heavy equipment uh, and cranes and different things, would you classify that as OT operational technology? You can, it's almost its own class, right? Like platforms, like they kind of exist outside of IT and OT. Um, they probably sit closer to the OT world because they, you know, control physical processes, Whereas like IT usually doesn't, it's like, oh, I, I heard somebody explain something today and they said it's either the, the, the bits or the bolts, mm. right? And like the bits are like the IT, right? The bolts are like the OT, you know, it's a That's kind great. of a, a fun way to think about yeah, it. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> it's like the bits and the bolts. Um, but there's, there, but now the problem is like all the bolts have bits now, like they're all like smart devices, they're internet connected They're They have all this software running inside of them. So like, it's really just like the bits and the bits that thought they were bolts. Yeah, <laughs> like it's almost like this whole new thing. And so, of course, you know, as we're talking about this, we, you know, we've covered a lot of ways things can go wrong. Uh, but looking a little bit more at the ways some things can go right and what smart people are doing about it today. Uh, what have you seen just in the industry as far as, you know, we've talked to some heavy equipment people, some crane people, some port people even. Um, what what have you seen people doing to, you know, combat this? Yeah, there, there were some really, you know, kind of easy things that could be done early on. And that's like network segmentation, you know, so it's like creating um, like a, almost like a virtual separation between certain devices on a network. So that way, if something goes wrong on one, it can't really affect the other. So that's, we call it like VLANs. And so like virtual LANs and they, they create these like segmentated um, 
networks. So that, that's one thing, you know, even vehicles have started doing that where instead of like having everything on the same CAN bus, um, they actually put a security gateway in and then they divide the CAN bus up to like infotainments on one engine stuff is on one, like body stuff, like, you know, your smart fuse boxes and vehicle or um, seat controls and door controls are on, on a body CAN. And so they started like segmenting those things out and then having them communicate through the gateway and the gateway gets to control who gets to talk to who and, and when and stuff like that. But you know, the, the thing is, is like, we found that a lot that that's just not enough, right? Like there's still major problems, even with this kind of network segmentation model, it's a good start. Don't get me wrong. You should absolutely do it. Um, but it's not the end all be all. It's not the silver bullet, you know? And so, you know, just like in the IT world, we started rolling out things like antivirus. We started rolling out things like intrusion detection systems. We, you know, all these different things, um, you know, we're starting to see some of that coming out on platforms, like even fleet defender, right? Like we, you could, you could look at us kind of like, a the snort of vehicles, right? Like the, the intrusion detection system for vehicles, um, and heavy equipment and cranes and trains and planes and all me, like all platforms kind of a thing. Uh, that's just like, you know, one small piece, you know, you know, you know, we, we do total platform intelligence. So it's more than just the cyber, but cyber is the sexy thing that everybody likes to talk about. Uh, so that's another thing is just like looking at rolling out some of these cyber defenses. And then you've got other companies that are um, just trying to build the software better from the start, right? Like implementing frameworks and policies and, and different things all the way back at the engineering. So you can design some of that security in from, uh, from the beginning. But again, you know, you buy a car and you keep it for many years. You buy an OT system or a SCADA system, you install it, it sits there for 20 years. Like you're not really refreshing it. So you're not getting that new, you know, technology. It takes a long time to swap all that stuff out. So these are all really good things that they're doing. Um, and we need all of them, right? The, the absolute best defense is defense in depth, you know, protect at every single layer. Um, but uh, I think there's still, you know, a lot more that needs to happen. And as the problem becomes more and more prevalent, and like things start hitting the news of what's actually happening out there, then I think a lot more people will become more educated to it and say like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, this is a, a problem now. Because I mean, you know, we, we talk to carriers and some of them are like, yeah, we know this is a problem and we need this now. And other ones are like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, sure. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, kind of what you mentioned reminds me of like the software defined vehicle, right? Is is a vehicle that can receive over the air updates for patches and fixes and you know, that's kind of where the world's heading with all this equipment is, you know, things that can be updated even after they've left the lot. Yeah, and and, and it's crazy just the amount of technology that's going into things like even just tractor trailers, right? Like this is pretty easy, right? A really big diesel engine, a pretty awesome switch, you know, gearbox. And a driver, and you could pretty much haul anything, right? Uh, well, that's not the case anymore. Like these <laughs> new trucks. I mean, we were just playing around with that. What was that? That 2024 International. Oh my God! Like that thing was. It's amazing. Out. Yeah, they, <laughs> they out, are pun amazing. intended, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really incredible what what goes into those things now. I mean, unbelievable. Well, Terry, thank you so much for your time today, and thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to learn more about Fleet Defender and intrusion detection devices or just more about platform cybersecurity and technology in general, uh, we've got a lot of great resources on our website. That's fleetdefender.com. Uh, and if you want to talk about any of this stuff, reach out to us and we'd love to uh, hop on a call. So uh, thank you for listening and we'll catch you next week. All right. See you later. Thanks. Thanks.